I think you introduced this one. I'm going to introduce this one. Okay. Hi. You're listening to The Complete Guide to Koholint. I am one host, Ryan. And I am the other host, Zach. And our tile this time is tile D14. D14. Which is Tail Cave. Welcome to the first dungeon. The very first dungeon ever. Ever in time. Uh, ever. They invented it. We should probably explain, actually, we the weighted randomness of the order of these tiles was we picked 16 important story tiles, basically. Dungeons and, and other dungeon-esque Dungeon-like areas. things. And then we... We said each group of 16 episodes will have one of those important rooms and then 15 other random rooms. Not quite random, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. So we're so going to go through the dungeons and dungeon-like rooms in story order yeah, while that, going through the other rooms randomly. Otherwise, we're going to get like the final dungeon like next. That would be really awkward. So, Tail Cave. Welcome to Tail mm-hmm. Cave. Tail refers to what moldworms are called in Japanese. Oh, is that right? Yep. Moldworms are... It's. I was going to say it in Japanese, but it's just... T- imagine the word tail, but said Japanese. That's it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's there. That's why, that's why it's tail cape, because there's a bunch of moldworms there. And then, and then the, the, the statues outside, even, are like moldworms. Yeah, it looks like if, if you recognize moldworms from earlier games this looks like the temple of moldorm yeah it's exactly what um, this is although they, though not a temple yeah. it's maybe has a different purpose but we'll get to that no um but the uh what i want to say about the exterior also is the tiles on the ground are this like speckled texture i gotta look this up the image I'm looking at is way too... The resolution isn't good enough to see it. But as far as I know, they don't use this tile anywhere else in the game. Really? Yeah. Does it not show up in... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think it's, there's one place it might, but I'm going to look it up right now. Oh my gosh. If you know this, this is going to blow uh, my mind. Uh, oh, you know... Wait, there is another place? No, I... I I looked and I couldn't find anything. So the idea that you can just are naturally remembering the other place. That it's well, I might be misremembering. Hang on, let me. Oh, okay. It's not that one. It might be this one. And nope, that is not the title at all. Okay, never what mind. What were you? What were you checking? I thought about? maybe Face Shrine, but it's not Face Shrine. Yeah. Is completely different. Well, and but similar to Face Shrine, what the the exterior of this. We're talking about the overworld version first. Yeah. Um, it looks old, and the like little dots on the tiles outside make it look old. It looks older than anything we've seen yet in the game. Yeah. And it kind of implies like this ancient civilization might have been. Like it makes you think about the history of the island a little more, especially when you consider. There's a kid in a room we'll talk about later who, like, doesn't understand the idea of the past. And there's suddenly being this thing that is definitely has some age to it in a way that nothing really else you've seen so far does. Yeah, so that's pretty, pretty cool, I think. 
a very neat choice and it is conveyed mostly through this weird little tile texture yeah and then you got the iron bars over the cave entrance mm-hmm. which is a interesting thing um that might be relevant um and then you go inside well then you get you put the tail key in the keyhole sure and then it does the the the, the gates go up right or do they go I down don't i don't remember well you the know, whole place shakes yeah which is rad that's a very good like visual like audiovisual thing mm. of it just opening like you know this this entrance has not been opened in 100 years kind of thing yeah uh yeah so inside the tail cave um it's kind of an introduction to how link's awakening dungeons work yes they do a good job of introducing all the new elements such as the compass but good uh, the compass is kind of good. It's better than just a basic compass. The way, the the things that it gives you are great. I hate that it explains every time that this compass has a new feature. <laughs> They're very excited about the new feature, Ryan. They That's true. It was it was it was a breakthrough for them to <laughs> The new feature is that it makes a tone if there's a key here in the and it sounds like it's it, i always in my head it's like doot 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 and it's like there's yeah. a key here is how i always hear it in my head oh okay there's a key and you here. remember my very good blog post about how that's like the overarching motif of the game that right? is a extensive blog post thank you uh wait did you say an excellent blog post uh yes okay thank you okay great uh, <laughs> the other new features that i have listed here is the stone slab slash beak, mm-hmm. uh, which is the game's hint system, uh, which is not entirely necessary, but in some well, in, in some cases it is. But in this hint, well, all this hint gives you do, is, uh, are the spiked beetles new to Link's Awakening? They're not in Link to the Past. They're not. No, there's similar stuff that you got to flip over with the hammer. There's there, yeah. there's the, the turtles you flip over with the hammer, but in this game you have right. the ones that are spiky that you have to use your shield to flip over. And so that's See, true. I'm thinking that for a new player, flipping those over with the shield is not obvious at all. I think it's. I think you're correct. I think you're correct. And so, like, you're gonna have to, again, for a naive player, you're gonna have to go to the room with the three of the kinds, figure out how to kill those guys, and that actually get the tablet or the beak to in order to solve the yeah. dungeon that makes sense that makes sense a brand new player especially to zelda would be like i what do i do with this i can't my sword's not working i've run out of options <laughs> right right um i've got a note here that the card suit enemies are called three of a kind in english but they call in in japanese they're just called vegas oh that's rad which is a pretty cool name that's great um yeah then the other uh a new element I put in here was is those cool one-way doors that spin around. Oh yeah. Which I'm sure there's probably some other. Well, I would know. Uh, let me think. There's there's probably one-way doors that like you go in and it shuts behind you, but nothing that's like a cool spinny little weird entrance thing. I don't yeah. know. There's one of these in those dungeons, and I think those are cool. And that's my story. The one in this dungeon doesn't really do anything. Nope, not whatsoever. But. Later on, they'll 
they're necessary for like gating i guess yeah right? that's i mean one-way doors are not like a shocking new thing but i just like the little spinning yeah. rotating because he like puts his body on it it's like you it, yeah. you're like you're doing like a legends of the hidden temple thing where you're like mm-hmm. putting your body up against the thing and then the tile spins and now you're on the other side yeah you're right i never thought about how good those are it's, a, it's a, just a really good visual uh the the thing about the map is you walk in and it's there are like these eyeball statues. It feels like a Legend of Zelda original title, their original dungeon. Yeah. And the first few rooms are like you know the overworld map is screen by screen, and the first few rooms of the dungeon are screen by screen like a Legend of Zelda dungeon. Then you get past uh, a certain point in the dungeon, and you're in what's actually a big room. Uh, kind of like a Link to the Past dungeon, it's you're seeing it screen by screen, but it is feels like a bigger space, and I think that must have been intentional to start out with one type of map, and then change into this other type of map. It's kind of the familiar, and then it breaks out of the familiar and kind of gets into this new territory, yeah. and then yeah. by much later levels in the game, it completely disregards that and makes some really weirder, much weirder, uh, like mm. layouts and stuff for rooms inside of dungeons yeah oh in that room so there's i gotta note here there's a bombable wall leading to a seashell that you will not see the first time you go through this dungeon which is a really weird Um, thing to go back for but it is now you can get i think you can get bombs before you go to the dungeon right you cannot buy them no they're not on sale at the shop no i tried Oh, uh, okay. I think you can get them from the trendy game, though. I think they're in the trendy game early on. So you could huh. do that. Hi, guys. This is the podcast editor speaking. My name's Ryan. I just checked, and actually, you can't get bombs in the trendy game. And it looks like you can't buy bombs at the shop until after you finish Bottle Grotto. So actually, you can't come back and blow up this wall for kind of a long time. Isn't that interesting? Anyway, I know it's important for podcasts to keep their facts straight, but I also don't want to take up too much of your time with corrections, so I'll stop bugging you, and we'll go back to the original podcast recording right now. Uh, we'll talk about the trend. I always come back later. Oh, yeah, yeah. You want those seashells because you want to get, anyways, because you want to get another I, thing. I never think to get bombs ahead of time is what I mean. No, and and they were not available the time I, the, my recent playthrough. The the whole the whole idea of having to go back to a dungeon to get an optional item. It's weird. Seems, it seems very weird. I know that there's there are later some examples of that. Yeah, there are later Zelda games that maybe do that, but there are definitely no Zelda games before that do that. And the fact that the bombs are basically gated after the dungeon. Yeah. It forces you. I don't think any Zelda game, like, the modern Zelda game, essentially, if I'm not wrong, will let you 100% that dungeon as soon as you're qualified to enter that dungeon. That's, Am I wrong? That's been the case for some time. Yeah. Uh, there's some fiddly bits in Ocarina of Time with, like, the Scarecrow song access to stuff where you oh, sure. where you would have to, re- to do 100% completion in that game. You do have to do dungeon revisits. Hmm. Um. But, I mean, everything in modernity is all, like, yeah, you finish that dungeon, you're done with that dungeon. Yeah. And the fact, like, I feel like 
this bit with the secret seashell makes the dungeon a lot more interesting. The fact that you can't 100% it as soon as you open it up. I actually wish that Zelda dungeons in the modern era were more like that. Well, there's some negative examples of that where, uh, like in Skyward Sword, you end up completing the same dungeon twice. <laughs> oh, well, that's not what Which I is kind of... There's like the, the extreme spectrum of it there is like revisiting dungeons for like good reasons and then revisiting dungeons <laughs> because we need to pad this we gotta pad this thing out look mm. well what i like about it is that it makes you think of the tail cave as a space not like a box that you check off yeah it, it, it yeah exactly it's it is a part of the island yeah yeah in a way that sometimes dungeons in these games don't feel like they're part of something it feels just like well, I went into an entrance, and then there's stuff to do underneath there, and I did those things, and now I'm going to go somewhere else. Absolutely. It has a sense of place to it. Sense of place. I said sense of space in an earlier episode. That's hard. And I think we're going to keep on saying those sense two of phrases space? throughout this podcast. Sense of place? Koholint? Uh, Koholint? We still haven't, we still uh. haven't, we still haven't sourced this out. We could just we'll just leave it as it is. All right, okay. Um, Let's creative what else about this dungeon? I've got notes here. Uh, okay. The rock's feather is a cool item. Oh yeah, it's good. It's real good. It changes the game. Yeah, it's they they made jumping work in Zelda, and like they never have really done it well since. Well. I'm gonna, Breath of the Wild jumping is fine. It's you know for that 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 game's a different yeah, yeah different kind of thing. And when you find out you can jump diagonally, yeah, you have like full air control. It's amazing. It's it is it makes the game a zillion times more. It just feels good to play. Oh yeah, like it's like oh cool I'm just jumping around the map and I can attack and like. The interactions with the using the feather and like some enemies is really rad. So, the boss of the dungeon is Moldworm, who is, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's a lot of enemies now. Having played a lot of recent like Link to the Past and then playing Link's Awakening in quick succession, uh, yeah. I definitely notice a lot of like, oh, okay, this is that team looking at Link to the Link to the Past and saying, okay, we want to let's put this enemy from from Link's Link to the Past into Link's Awakening. Let's grab this, let's grab this, because this is all stuff that we can implement really easy. So Moldorm is the first boss in Link's Awakening, and he's also an early boss in Link to the Past. And in Link to the Past, you know, it's well, in both games the challenge is that he can knock you off the platform, right. and then you have to get back up and fight him all over again, and it's a pain in the butt. But when you fight him here, you've got this feather that lets you jump. And it really changes the dynamic of the fight and not completely trivializes it, but makes it like this, oh, okay, I can just jump around and like be scrappy and fast and avoid him. And it's really makes the fight just way more interesting. It's not this weird like rock'em sock'em robot struggle where you're just pounding into each other. Yeah. It's now this kind of cool, agile, like you might still get knocked off if you're not paying attention, but it's way more fun that way. And so it's taking this thing they already did and doing it in a new interesting way and that's cool yeah uh yeah. the oh while we're talking about moldorm did, mm-hmm. did you go down into that pit i haven't been down in that pit in a long time and i went down into that pit 
There are just dead bodies hanging from chains there. Are just there. dead bodies. Yeah. Like, it's it's creepy, and it's like that's just a, those are just dead bodies. What is this? So well, and they're hanging. There yeah, like from by chains. their necks. Oh, so my what I put here was, uh, does this imply Tail Cave was like a prison? Hmm. Like if there's these like people hanging, and it's it's got literal bars on the outside. Was Tail Cave originally at least some kind of, at least in some part, some kind of prison? There's a bunch of layers we have to go through. Okay. Because what we know, but the listeners of the podcast haven't learned yet, so we should drop a bomb on them right now and reveal that the island of Koholint is a dream. What? It's not real. Okay. And so the, like trying to whenever you want to talk about like the logic of part of it you have this kind of cop out you can always do like it doesn't make sense because it's a dream it's all there as a path for link to follow blah 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 but like even in that context the if the dream has if the wind fish has an intention trying to show you things or if the nightmares are creating these dungeons in order to show you things then there should be some kind of narrative sense to what you see yeah and possibly it's not impossible for a dream to have internal logic so it might be the case that these dungeons have purposes outside of being dungeons not many of them feel that way to me though they all feel kind of like here's a gauntlet with puzzles for a hero to get through i might disagree with that i can think of some purposes for some of these other dungeons i can there well, when we get to those other ones i'm talk excited about it. to hear that but like yes i've always i've again this sense of place like i've always felt like these these could exist on this island as like something that has been there for since before like the current may villagers were there yeah like maybe there's some ancient kahal history going on maybe this is all just like Windfish writing fan fiction in his dream or something <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah. And then there was this cave, but it, like used to be a prison. So there's like bodies deep down. Yeah. I want to say that why I would want to put it in terms of the nightmares being the the actual bosses of these locations. That's true. But it doesn't make sense for Moldorm to tie people up in a dungeon in like a jail that doesn't. Moldorm doesn't have hands, he can't change. But the nightmares are kind of like guys. ephemeral and can kinda of take on whatever form. Oh, well yeah, if it if it's a nightmare, then yeah, that's true. Um, um Buzz Buzz I, Outsider. I Buzz Buzz Outsider. Isn't that what he oh, says? Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. Moldorm talks. The Moldorm talks. Yeah. And I imagine that that was kind of mind-blowing, maybe, to a person who had played Link to the Past before, because Moldorm in there is, like, a mindless, random animal. Yeah. I mean, none, none of the bosses in... Well, all but... There's one boss in Link to the Past that has any sort of, like, characterization. Sure. Uh, blind, because that's the person that is disguised as a helpless like person that tricks that you trick into revealing their true form 
That's a very good dungeon. That's a pretty... This isn't that that's, podcast. Let's not talk about that dungeon, but that's a weird dungeon. But these ones, all most of them, all of the bosses, most all of the bosses talk to you in this game? Oh, yeah, they all talk to you. They, 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 I was trying to think if I missed one, but yeah. They all, they all have conversations with you in very limited capacities, or not in some cases. Um, uh, so yeah. the bosses are more interesting characters here than they are in some other games. Like, Absolutely. Ocarina of Time doesn't even really have any of that. Like, you get maybe uh, a couple background from... Oh, I guess a couple. Oh, yeah, there's a couple. Phantom Ganon is kind of a tragic character. And then, like, Komei and Kotake, like, are obviously okay. characters that you interact with throughout the game, or, like, for a part of the game. That's a case where I know you're pronouncing those correctly, and I've always been pronouncing them wrong. I have, like, corrected myself over time to get those correct. <laughs> so, did you used to say Kum and Kotake? Yep. Awesome. I think Kodake. That was I think it was Kodake. A few seconds ago. Kum and Kodake. Uh-huh. But but I at some point at some point I realized, oh I'm sounding like a jerk and I corrected it. <laughs> uh let's see. I have Oh, and then so these dungeons have side scroll segments. Oh yeah. That are callbacks to the original Legend of Zelda in a way. Because the original Legend of Zelda dungeons had those like Okay, you're gonna drop down and then you go through a thing because they didn't have chest. Yeah. There was no chests in the original Legend of Zelda. They hadn't figured that out yet. Everything you find is just I on the just ground. Just realized that. Yeah, there are no chests in the original Legend of Zelda, so they had to Gosh. put it in a little thing. And you just went and grabbed it off the ground. So you've got these segments that are kind of uh, callbacks to that, but they get way more interesting, especially given the fact that they give you a jump button. So they kind of become these little platform things, and I put that this this decision and the, some of the work they do with this idea of these side scroll segments is largely informed by the work this team did on their previous game for mm-hmm. Frog for the Frog the Bell Tolls, which I played just before playing Link's Awakening again, uh, and that game is all about like side scroll segments with weird little puzzle solving and. And, and this definitely feels like, oh, we just did a bunch of that stuff. Let's just make some more of that stuff. The the way these side-scroll segments work in Link's Awakening. It's very much like, oh, yeah, we just did a bunch of this kind of side-scroll stuff. So, yeah. It's yeah, it's cool and good. And then you get the full moon cello. Yes. Uh, one of the eight instruments of the sirens. The sir- Who the sirens are is never even acknowledged. Hmm. Who knows? It's maybe not important, but you get a cello to start off with. Is, I mean, we're not there yet, but is the, uh, do the eight instruments make, like, a good ensemble, or is it all just kind of random, like, ah, uh, we just thought up of eight instruments we can make sprites of? I think that, like, when you hear them, I'm trying, or... Maybe we can, but maybe we should circle back to that when we get to there. Yeah, we'll, we'll circle back. Yeah. But a cello is a string instrument. And full moon cello is not an obvious name. No, yeah, none of it's a beautiful series of words. Not a lot of them are, but that's a really good one. Um, that's I think all I have to talk about the tail cave. Uh, yeah, it's a good dungeon. It's a good starting dungeon. Get your feet wet. It's in the shape of a moldarm. Yeah, all the ones have good shapes. In again, kind of a reference to Eloz. Um, yeah. Though that I would say that the patterns here are way more interesting. 
Oh, yeah. Um, and that's something that this game has that Link to the Past did not. So take, and so take that Link to the other Past. Other than the Oracles, <laughs> have we seen it since? Uh, there's probably somewhere in some game that I haven't played. I don't know. Um, I mean, the, the, the DS ones Breath of the Wild dungeons are in the shapes of big old animals. I, there's probably some examples somewhere that I'm not going to remember. So I'm not there yet. I'm still on. Oh, that's true. Where am I at? Am I, I just finished watching someone play Star Tropics 2 because <laughs> Star Tropics is a bad game. Well, we're done talking about the tail cave. We should, we should move on. Tile that we're going to talk about is F-16. Oh, man. I hope that's a good one. 